What's up, guys? I'm your boyfriend. This is the European Podcast. We're here to talk about mostly UFC, but MMA in general. This podcast is about UFC, but yeah, I'm covering UFC today because we just had an event. We had quite a few announcements, and we have a big pay-per-view going on this week. And as you know, full previews coming. You don't have to doubt that. And for hype, for the hype, remember that we have your boy... Dan Albert, Daniel Alberto is coming back to the full preview for this instance because he wants to talk about this great fight between Alexander Volkanovski and Ilya Topuria. Yeah, he just wants to talk about cool fights and, and I have to talk about all the shitty fights. Now, he's, he's doing his homework on every fight, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, but let's get, um, let's get into what happened uh, this last Saturday. We have UFC Finite, Hermanson versus Pfeiffer. The main event, Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. The UFC wanted Joe Pfeiffer to get his ticket into the top 15 with this fight. It did not pan out, man. Um, so yeah, Pfeiffer comes out uh, very sharp with the left hook, attacking Hermanson, but not really hurting him. I thought he might be had hurt him a little bit quite a few times during the first two rounds. But yeah, Hermanson was like staying disciplined, like figuring stuff out. Pfeiffer throwing everything super hard. Uh, the guy has like good mechanics, has a good eye for openings, but he does not like a lot of subtlety or fainting, uh, rhythm variations. He is just like very like meat and potatoes with his striking. Like he hits well, he hits hard. He knows when to hit most of the time, but I thought... Um, this fight for sure not only exposed his cardiovascular, but also his the depth of his striking. So yeah, Hermanson on the third round starts getting going with jab. Uh, after working the uh, the lead leg of Pfeiffer with some solid calf kicks. And yeah, when Pfeiffer started feeling the fatigue, feeling the pain on the lead leg, uh, Hermanson got going with the jab. Very cool stuff. Um... Hermanson's defense was really solid, like high guard and hiding behind the shoulders. He was not getting hit clean past the second round, to be honest. He was doing good stuff, um, mixing the jab with the, with the calf kick. And then on, on the fifth round, he finally gets the takedown, gets some top position. Pfeiffer had, had nothing for him, like, good decision. Hermanson won uh, third, fourth, and fifth. Good performance by him. For Pfeiffer, this is not the end of the world. I thought he looked solid on the first two. Uh, but yeah, he needs to he needs to realize that this like hitting everything so heavy is not going to work. At least not with his current cardio. And also like you expose all your techniques when you go like super hard. Um so yeah, I mean uh Pfeiffer like didn't really fall apart. He just couldn't keep up the the pace that he set at first. And I think he was a bit shook that Hermanson was harder to hit than he thought. He was not hurting him with hit the shots because Hermanson was seeing the coming even when he was getting hit like clean. It wasn't it wasn't like super clean to put him out. So yeah, I mean Pfeiffer needs a step back work on some stuff. He's still promising as a 185er. But he got checked here for sure. The comment event saw Dan Ige against Andre Philly. Uh, I was, I mean, all of us were expecting this to be a very good fight and it didn't last very long. 
uh, Philly was trying to set up the long distance thing, uh, doubling up the jabs from both stances, trying to pull Ige into shack hooks. But Ige got like, just like the like the right read as Philly was like jabbing. Or this was an orthodox orthodox knockout, by the way. And it was not like it was an over the top of the over the jab, but not really a cross counter because he had threw it like after the jab. But it was like yeah, super clean overhand puts Philly down and one final nail on the coffin that Danny landed and it was nasty, bro. But yeah, I mean, great performance by Danny. It sucks for Philly. I'm a big Philly fan, but Iga looked very good here. Uh, and I think people were like counting him out, but he's been looking very solid lately, especially because I thought he won the Bryce Mitchell fight. I mean, good for Ige. Uh, I wrote an article about Dan Ige quite a, a last year when he, after he fought Nate Langwer, it was a very good performance and I was uh, focusing in, in the use of the left hook, especially with the shifts and that kind of stuff. Uh, check it out, I put it in the description if you guys want. For that we have the duelist, <laughs> Ihor Patera, uh, drop or try to drop to 185, I think he didn't make weight. He fought newcomer Robert Brishek, who looks solid, and Pujera looks solid too. He has improved a lot. I didn't think much of him on Contender Series. I didn't think much of him when he fought Shogun, for sure. Then he got, like, dusted by Carlos Ulberg. And then he looked pretty good in his last fight against Bellato. Uh, he looks solid here. Um, just, like, doing, like, good, good work shaming the, the different double attacks from Southpaw. It was pretty decent. And what I liked about Potiera and something that also Hermanson did was like landing strikes of clinch breaks or of takedown attempts. Potiera in particular was shooting for the single, getting the knife and coming up with an uppercut. It was pretty cool actually. So yeah, I mean Potiera, uh, the meme man, the duelist, I think he's okay. <laughs> Before that, Gregory Rodriguez fought Brad Tavares. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like what a lot of us were kind of expecting. Tavares hurt Rodriguez at one point, I think, in the first round. Or at least, like, like super clean that Rodriguez couldn't, Rodriguez couldn't ignore. But, but yeah, I mean, Tavares, was, the takedown defense is still fantastic. He got takedown, but it was like getting surprised because he's kind of old. And, and we were talking with some friends. Uh, shout out Trayvon Coker. But but yeah, he said like uh, takedown defense is one of the first things to go. And yeah, we've seen like, uh, for example, late career Jose Aldo. Still hard to take down, but if you surprise him, like you could like all remember like the Marlon Moraes flat drop. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, like, some things, but Tavares here looks solid. Uh, the offense of Rodriguez was too potent, and on the third round, he just turned it up and put a finish to the fight. So good for Hobokov, man. He's, he's a solid 185-er. But I think it's... Uh, I think his ceiling is marked because of, like, some deficiencies with the defense, and also, like, the durability is not great. But he's fun to watch because he's so aggressive and he can he can do it all. He can strike, he can wrestle, and he can grapple. So, hey, I mean, Rodriguez is very valuable asset for the 185 division. 
For that, we have a lightweight bout between Michael Johnson against Darius Flowers. I don't think Darius Flowers had many ideas um, with how to deal with the southpaw in Johnson here. And Johnson with some cool takedowns. It wasn't a very exciting fight, by, but Johnson looked clean, especially with his trademark uh, left hand to the body. And uh, the takedowns were solid too. Hodo Fobiera. Uh, for Armin Petrosian, Petrosian was looking alright on the feet, uh, trying to impose his advantage. I thought it was the good, a good decision that he was pressuring. But Biera found a, found a very good shot under a punch, and then he started like chain wrestling from he, from there. It was very solid. Um, I think he went for single. Petrosian went to the cage. Uh, Viera got to the back body lock, transition to the front body lock, dropped down for a double, I think. And that was cool stuff. And then the, the passing, uh, very impressive, obviously. <laughs> and the arm triangle. I think Petrosian tried to Brazilian tap here. I'm not pretty sure. I'm not super sure, but I think he was complaining. It was like a very like tentative tap. So I think he was trying to play the game there to see if Viera was going to release. Yeah, Biera gets the win. Uh, Biera, he's, I mean, people like to meme on Jiu-Jitsu guys, but Biera is very solid. Uh, his grappling is a delight to watch when he finds himself in top position. And we talk about the CEO of Jiu-Jitsu later in this episode. Uh, Carlos Prates for Trevin Giles. Prates, uh, very long, southpaw, fought from uh, like, a, like a, between quotes, Muay Thai stance with a very... Very light lift leg, like using the knee lift a lot, landing some some uh, front kicks to the lead leg of Giles. Giles was looking solid here, but he was like being forced to like shift into combinations to try to put his punches together. Pratis was finding counter knees. And yeah, those knees were landing nasty, especially because Giles was so so forced to close the long distance that Prades was imposing on him. And then at the end, like after landing a body knee in exchange, Giles is like backing up. I think he's, he was a bit concerned about the body because he did not see the super long straight left from Prades coming and he got knocked the fact out. This was bad, man. And yeah, it sucks for Giles because he was looking solid here. He, he has been looking so aimless in his last like five performances and he was looking like to re revitalize his career at, at 170 and it hasn't pan out really i think this is it for giles and the ufc maybe i'm not sure maybe he's just on only like a two fight losing streak losing streak he's he's maybe staying i don't know but yeah, yeah practice looks fun like good addition to 170 Am I expecting him to go like super far? Um, not really, but the takedown defense looks solid here. Like Giles can wrestle a little bit, so it was encouraging. Uh, the the striking defense was a bit concerning about against big punchers, but Prades is like super long, so I can see him like maybe cracking top fifteen. I would have to see more about him, but he looks solid here. Bulaji Oki for Timmy Kwamba and I did not remember who Kwamba was during the week and then I remember that he was like this fighter who fought like um 
like an out fighting game plan on Contender Series looked very solid and Dana did not sign him, but they end up signing him at the end. He came on a week's notice to fight Oki. And Kwamba, by the way, are normally a featherweight, so props to him and he looks solid here. But the story of the fight was mostly Oki's jab. Um, very good use of the jab, he has good understanding of rhythm with it, he can feint with it. Uh, very very sharp mechanically too so it was hard for Kwamba to deal with Oki's jab and then Oki was using the feint of the jab to land the right hand but mostly the feint uh, one thing that caught my eye and I talked about this on Twitter already but is that Oki uh, when he throws the one two uh, his jab is like different from his regular jab so it has like a tail and it makes like people bail out instead of trying to counter or staying in place so his 1-2 is not that effective he had like a, a couple of occasions where he double and triple with the jab was able to land the right hand also his right hand is a lot is a lot more messy when he's throwing it after the jab uh, he loops he, he's usually like sharp right hand a lot uh, it looks kind of sloppy he, he needs to work out more on on putting combinations together because otherwise he's very solid like Oki what he wanted to do was like using the jab drawing Kwamba into him to land the check hook he did not have many opportunities with it Kwamba was very responsible of throwing from from his stance uh, being responsible with his technique so Oki was mostly landing like naked right hands especially like straight right uh, loopy, loopy right hand and and the uppercut when Kwamba was like reacting to that shoulder feint. So it was good stuff. Loma looked boomy for Bruna Brazil. Brazil look fucking huge against Loma. Loma always the smaller girl in there. Please open a 105 division for my girl Loma. The coolest female fighter in the UFC. <laughs> but I mean look boomy, very good performance. Uh quite a few like cool looks. Um Loma was doing a lot of like fainting like shifting combinations with punches, making Brazil back up. And then punishing those retreats with body kicks, especially, especially caught my eye when Luma was like kicking hard to the close side and sneaking those kicks underneath the, the elbow of Brazil and over the checks when the, the few times that she tried to lift the knee, like great accuracy by Luma Lukbumi. And that's afforded because the pivoting of the lead leg when she's kicking is on point, very exaggerated motion. And she has like obviously like very flexible hips. We're talking about here about like a straight up traditional tile style kicks like whip from the floor, not chambering, not lifting the knee, just a single whip. Someone is drilling in the apartment uh, next to mine. It fucking sucks, but yeah, let's get into, let's get back into the fight. So yeah, Loma looks solid here. Uh, not like super impressive, but she. She showed a few good looks, especially also landing like leg kicks during resets. But something that I've always been a fan of. Uh, the elbows in the clinch, uh, the clinch entries, catching kicks, all the classics from Lukbumin on display here. Except like not a lot of takedowns. She got one takedown at the end of the first round. But when she got taken down by Brazil in the third round, she was very quick to get up. And that was pretty cool because Brazil very big and Loma has been held down on the ground before. Especially in the fight against like Lupi Godinez, which is a fight that I still think she won. So yeah, good, cool stuff. Martian Pragnio for Devin Clark. I skipped 
most of this one like not very interesting brand new actually doing some stuff like changing stances and kicking a lot from open space Clark not having many answers I think Clark took over late on the third because Pragnio got tired and this was not contested at a, at a pace that that you should get you like that tired but Pragnio is a big guy that kicks a lot but I don't know Max Griffin for Jeremiah Wells it was terrible fight very low output uh, neither guy had like a clear plan Griffin very low low output here I'm guessing scared of Wells power but he was taking the punch as well and Griffin was landing like the better connections had a more solid game plan so it was whatever good win for Max Griffin Jeremiah Wells not looking too promising now I thought he might amount to something just because he's so athletic so powerful and has the wrestling background looks to be a decent grappler but man he he just looks so aimless out there and uh, the technique on the feet is not very not great either so I don't know we have a fight between Bogdan Guskov and Zak Pauga <laughs> Super Bowl weekend uh, Pauga apparently a former NFL player uh, some guys were telling me he never played I think he has some stats I don't know I don't really care uh, Guskov we who I remember from I remember for making Volkan Uzdemir look like a million bucks on their fight uh, but yeah, Guskov here, uh, very Jiri-esque, like hands down, trying to land this like hybrid, uh, like these loopy straight shots that were very long, and he ended up like finding the, the sheen of power, and Guskov, for his credit, like he throws power, but he also seems to have this weird accuracy with these weird punches that also reminded me of, of Jiri. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a cool knockout. For that, Haider Amil fought Fernie Garcia. Fernie Garcia, former Bantamweight, and on a three-fight losing streak, I think, or four, maybe. And yeah, Haider just bring him to him. Um, Haider here, the Salpo, uh, a lot more output. And uh, the the head kicks were, were keeping Garcia honest about moving his head, and then Amil was putting the combinations together. And some cool stuff that Amil did uh, was landing like some nasty knees to the body on some of the sequences when he had Fernie hurt. On um, the second round both were super tired but Garcia was like tired and hurt so he could not recover and that was all she wrote. Good win for Heider Mill. We'll see what's next for him. And the opener Daniel Marcos versus Aurishi Lang was looking to be a great fight and then this fight was cursed by the Bellator gods like for fuck's sake foul after foul after foul. I think we have three kicks to the dick and one eye poke in like <laughs> in like a minute and a half. It was crazy. Uh, the final the final kick to the dick especially funny because like Marcos threw a, like a front snap kick just as Aurishland was jumping on the air for a flying knee and he got him like right on the cock and balls and Aurishalan couldn't recover in time, it was bad, so yeah. Pretty bad because Daniel Marcos was doing some great stuff using the the shoulder feint. Much like Oki, but he was doing like a lot more, he was being a, more, a lot more creative with the use of elbows when, and especially because Aurishalan was like shelling a lot, so he was like finding the left hook to the body, the calf kick, some nice elbows to circumvent the guard, 
of Orishi Lang. So yeah, like I like Daniel Marcos, he's cool. And that was the event, it was not great. Like one of the best fights ended up with a dick kick. Uh, Iger got a big knockout and it was like, the, the main event wasn't like super fun to watch. It was not bad to be honest, it was a good scrap. And Hermanson put on a cool performance, especially considering his limitations and what we've seen from him in the past, it was cool. Let's get into some fight announcements. And then we'll talk briefly about the pay-per-view. Jocelyn Edwards is fighting Eileen Perez. And didn't these girls like scrap at the UFC PI? That's crazy, man, to make this fight. Like, because this is not like selling tickets, right? So... It's not like the UFC is going to promote this and use the, the oh, this girl got into a, an actual fist fight in the Performance Institute. And, and apparently, like, the, the coach of one of these girls, like, held down one of these. I don't remember who, but it was a fucking mess. So, I mean, I, I don't understand. Like, I would understand making a fight between two fighters that have bad blood if it's going to sell, but if it's not, like, like keep them apart, I would say. Like, why, why get into this? Like, you're not getting anything in return. Seems silly to me, to be honest. Jake Hadley is fighting Charles Johnson, and man, I mean, this is a great fight, but, but these are, like, maybe my two favorite current flyweights. So I'm not sure what to think about, uh, what to think of this. Uh, Jake Hadley's very good, cool. he's a salpo, fights kind of a, like a stonewall uh, stance, uh, goes to the body a lot with some nasty like straight uppercut um, hybrid punches, he goes hard with them. And he's a solid defensive wrestler. And Charles Johnson, we saw in his last fight, he looked great. I talked about it last week. And maybe Johnson will look to wrestle a little bit here. Um, Hadley dangerous from his back too, but but yeah, I mean, I think submitting Charles Johnson pretty pretty hard to do. And Johnson has been very durable as well. But Hadley is a big puncher for one twenty-five. This is a very good fight. I just wish they were fighting other people because I I like both of them a lot. Emily Ducote is fighting Vanessa Demopoulos. This should be like easy work for Ducote. What else we have? Oh, this one is cool. Joe Anderson Brito is fighting Jack Shore at UFC 301 on May. And yeah, this one is great. Um, like Shore looked very solid in his debut against um, Mr. Finland. Um, Brito coming from a huge win against JSP, so... So yeah, it's sure some some similar qualities to JSP, maybe like not as good as a wrestler, especially considering he's smaller, but a better striker for sure. But Brito is so dangerous and he's going to be like big and strong next to Shore. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about this one. I described this I described this one earlier this week as like this is Brito versus Bill Algio, if Algio was like not huge and immoral, but instead he was better. Anshul <laughs> um, Jubli was supposed to fight Maheshate, I talked about this one a few weeks ago, Dan Jubli is out. Mowgli Benitez is in 
which is interesting because I thought they were going to cut Mowgli for sure after the Jim Miller fight. And, and this one is another dangerous one just because Maheshate is a big dude that hits so hard. And, and yeah, I'm not sure if Benitez is going to be able to like survive the kicks. I think Benitez is probably the better fighter of the two, like technically. And he might get some of his kicking game going, especially because Maheshate has been kickable in the past. But it's kind of rough. Philippe Lins is fighting Iwon Kutelava. These guys were supposed to fight uh, on October last year, but that was cancelled the day of the event. So, so if this fight like rings a bell, it's probably because of that. But that seems kind of relevant for 205. Uh, remember when they announced like Rosenstroke versus Gassiev for a main event in... I don't remember if it is like Qatar or... Or, or or the Emirates, but, but yeah, they got denied, like the, the the Saudis, it was in Saudi Arabia, I'm sorry. And yeah, the Saudis were like, we're not having this shit main event, you fucking Dana White, get this shit out of, my, of our faces. And Dana White of Daesh, obviously, <laughs> because they pay so much money to have good fights. And this is happening on, on Vegas now, so... UFC Fight Night 87, you have Rose Stroke as Gassiev as main event. Jesus Christ, this, the, the chances that this fight sucks are so fucking high. And if Gassiev wins, wins this one on the first round, then everyone is going to be crazy about him. Uh, we talked about Bill Aljo not long ago, and he's fighting Kyle Nelson, which should be a banger, but I'm not sure it's one that... Kyle Nelson can't win, to be honest. Like the 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 output that Alju will going to put out there is going to be crazy, and Alju is so durable. Yeah, I think this one is kind of clear for Alju. Christian Leroy Duncan is fighting Claudio Hibero. It feels like they are giving Leroy Duncan here someone that is like bad enough for him to style on, but still presents some danger in huge knockout power. So. But yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Let's talk about a little bit about the pay-per-view. Obviously, I won't go into many details because we're having the full preview later this week. But yeah, this is UFC 298. It has probably like the main event that we have on the horizon. Nothing comes close to this, to be honest. This is like the big fight for us fight nerds. Alexander Volkanovsky is fighting Ilya Topuria. Uh, a lot of... A lot is being said about Volkanovski, like breaking that 35 years old barrier. And fighting this young up and coming, Topuria is 27 years old, 14 and 0, undefeated. Bok is coming off that big loss to Makhachev that he took on Chornoris, got kicked in the head. So yeah, I mean, it's a great fight. It's, it's very intriguing. I uh, wish Volkanovski was a bit younger because it makes it more interesting because it gives Topuria more of a chance. I think uh, this would be a like super clear pick for Volkanovski if this was like prime Volkanovski. But you can you cannot like balance that out too much making the pick. You gotta assume that Volkanovski is going to look good, I guess. And yeah, the odds are like near even. Both are minus one ten. So this is great. This is fantastic. This is what MMA is about. What else we have on the card? The common event has Robert Whittaker trying to bounce back after getting 
absolutely killed by current champions, Dricos Duplessis, and he's fighting, supposedly, Paulo Costa, the eraser who hasn't fought in like a year and a half after fighting 70 years old Luke Rockhold. And, and I would talk about this fight, but this fight is not happening. So I'm going to pretend that this fight is going to happen on the full preview, but I'm not going to do that here. Jeff Neal is fighting Ian Machado Gary, which is a very interesting fight at welterweight. One of the best ones that you could make, to be honest. Uh, we'll see how Gary deals with Selpa with huge power and counter ability because Gary has been hurt in the past, like trying to close the distance. But Gary, at the same time, he has movement and length to maybe frustrate Jeff Neal here. So it's a very good fight. Merav Dualafshvili is fighting Henry Cejudo. I think Cejudo kind of too old to win this one, but it's interesting. It's probably not going to be very fun to watch because Cejudo is going to be content to be in grinding positions a lot with Merav. If Merav brings like a high output striking game plan into this one, this one could get fun because Cejudo will probably have some answers to that. And I could... I could see like Merab winning this one on the feet if he puts like the high output with the body kicks, that kind of stuff that he did against Pierre Jan. Yeah, he could he could win this one for sure both. And and if he grinds against the cage just because he's bigger and stronger, Sehudo kinda old. But it's still like very interesting fight. Uh with potential to be exciting, but I would not bet on this one to be like a banger or anything. My boy Fluffy Hernandez is fighting Roman Kopilov. Uh, very interesting fight. Uh, Kopilov has been getting better at wrestling since he moved camps to Dagestan, I think. And Fluffy has improved his striking too, but uh, but Fluffy has become this like demon transition pace fighter, and Kopilov is like this precision striker with some neat tricks. Uh, and, and devastating kicks, so it's a very intriguing fight, one of the best ones that you could make at middleweight. They are drilling again, by the way. <laughs> I wrote an article about uh, Fluffy Hernandez last year, I'm going to promote that too. I'm going to put the link in the description about uh, more than going into the techniques, uh, even though I mentioned some of the things that he liked, I talk a lot about the philosophy of Fluffy, of making the opponent work the grind, this is like very, very grueling style that is very well thought out in my opinion, so that's very cool. And Kopilov does cool stuff I, uh, too, I guess. I mean, not I guess, uh, he does. So uh, I'll probably post some clips about Kopilov. We have Amanda Lemos versus Mackenzie Dern. Uh, Dern once again getting a huge puncher, uh, but maybe he can get takedowns here? Uh, she, excuse me. Um, but yeah, that would be interesting to see because Lemos is dangerous on the feet. And Dern, she's dangerous on the ground. But also, like Lemos is not like completely bad on the ground and she's super strong. And Dern has power on the feet as well. So there's quite a few possibilities going into this fight. Marcos Rogerio de Lima is fighting Justin Taffa, the Batman. And this is like... To be honest, this is a silly heavyweight fight that I'm completely fine with because you know these guys are going to bang. 
the Lima might try takedowns, but if he gets some takedowns, he might just win. So I don't think this one has a lot of chance to be boring. Uh, I don't think the Lima is going to like wrestle super hard if he's not getting takedowns. He's going to throw hard. Justin Taff is going to throw hard. And someone is getting hurt on this one, so I'm okay with this heavyweight bout. We have the return of Rinja Nakamura, the super hot prospect from Japan, the former Olympic wrestler. Uh, he's fighting Carlos Vera, who is making his debut. And he apparently is uh, like a striking guy, he's pretty good, but he's fighting like a tremendous wrestler. So might not be a super interesting fight. Hopefully Carlos Vera is like cool and does cool stuff. Uh, we have a fight between Mingyang Zhang and Bretson Hibero. Who the fuck are these guys? Okay, so one of these guys is a Road to UFC guy and the other one is a Contender Series. This is light heavyweight, so this is probably going to be us. George Quinlan is fighting Danny Barlow. Danny Barlow is from Contender Series. I don't remember his fight. I'm pretty sure I did watch his fight, but I do not remember it. And I actually don't remember Josh Quinlan's fight against Trey Waters, his last one, at all. So, not not very excited. <laughs> Bal Woodburn, who took a super short notice fight against Bo Nickel last year, is fighting some guy called Ovan Elliott, who's coming from Contender Seas, whatever. And the opener is alright. Andrea Lee is fighting Miranda Maverick. This one is a good fight. Um... Lee arriving at three fight losing streak, but she has been looking solid on most of those. Uh, not really against Natalia Silva, I think she looked pretty bad there. And Maverick bounced back after like getting schooled by Jesus the Vicious with a good win against Priscilla Cachoeira, even though obviously Cachoeira cannot really grapple at all and she got armbar, but she still put on a good performance. Um, but I mean, Lee has the potential to be like troublesome for Maverick just because she's like big and strong and has good fundamentals everywhere so it's probably going to be a good scrap. And that's the pay-per-view if you want to know the details and listen to Dan Albert talk about them as well because I'm forcing him to. I'm pointing at him with a gun right now. Just check out the full preview, it's, pro it's coming soon. I put the links to the articles in the description and on Twitter under the link to the podcast or whatever that's the podcast guys thank you so much for listening but before leaving remember that dearly Premium podcast is brought to you by x marshall x marshall is a compass sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community and their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. Smartshell offers a range of products including trash guard shorts, pads, keys, streetwear and training equipment. Use our code THEFIGHTSIDE, all caps, no spaces, to get a 10% discount on your order now. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up their mailing list and follow their socials at Official in all of them. And if you want to support the fight site, consider giving us money on Patreon. Through patreon.com, you can support the Fight Site as an ongoing project. You can get access to our big catalog of exclusive content and also access to our Discord server that is full of cool people to talk about fighting, to talk about life, all that kind of shit. 
and I'll probably have some alternate commentaries coming out this week, uh, previewing some of the uh, fights of the pay-per-view. Probably going to watch some maybe Whitaker, Costa, some Topuria, some Bog. I'll try to get some like two, three or four alternate commentaries for you guys, the Patreon supporters out there. And next week I'll make uh, some technical notes uh, like I do on Twitter, but I make technical notes about the main card. That's only for Patreon just because like posting those clips after the pay-per-view is kind of dangerous. So I'm going to do the, the technical recap. Uh, the prelims probably on Twitter and the main card uh, only for Patreon supporters. So that's the podcast, guys. Catch you later this week for the full preview. I'm Fenyu. I'm signing out.